Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week, Rafa's impression of Android. I never know how to start this show. I never do. Uh, somehow I make it work with the editing, but I don't know. Because the, the, intro, the intro helps. So let's rely on that <laughs> future uh kevin that's gonna Huge. record the intro at the end yeah exactly uh-huh. hey hi hello how's it going uh this is probably the first maybe not the first uh this is one of the few episodes in where we teased the topic before so <laughs> last week's episode we announced that we that we're gonna be talking about android and stuff or my experience with android i guess and i also uh tweeted uh, to everyone uh, asking if, 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 if someone had questions uh, and they do there's questions so today we're going to talk about my experience using an Android device like as my exclusive phone for a couple of weeks <laughs> but before we do <laughs> Squarespace no do we have some follow up <laughs> thanks buddy <laughs> we do have some follow up two little pieces of follow up first uh, listener Trevor K uh, wrote in to let us know because um, last week we were talking about uh, the new whatever's going to be the new the next coda right from Panic new text editor. One of the things that we said like it probably really really needs in order to succeed is to have like some kind of plugin system that people can write in plugins uh, for it. And so listener Trevor K wrote in to let us know that that already exists for the existing coda. Coda already has a plugin system. Uh, and so we're going to put links in the show notes for, to that. And uh, thanks so much, Trevor, uh, for letting us know. I didn't know that, actually. Um, so that's cool. It's cool, cool to know. At least as a precedent, and they're probably just going to build on top of it. Yeah. yeah. So Trevor's username is Trevor MK. And <laughs> somehow, every time mm-kay. I read it, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I think. MK. Trevor MK. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Trevor. Uh, and just another little piece of follow-up. This is, I, I know, I, I don't want to rehash this topic again, but it's about this LG 5K monitor. Um, <laughs> Longest running topic. I know. So it's been a while. I've been using it for a little while now. And just the one thing that, like, no one told me about this. And I kind of regret my purchase now. What? No one told me that... Having a laptop running this this display would have a hit, like it it would it, w- it would take a hit on performance. Mm. I don't know if you feel this. Like when I'm running this display and I have like more than two sketch files maybe open and maybe Chrome maybe or some some other things, this computer melts. Like it melts, <laughs> and I just I know I know it's not and like it's it's not a, an easy task to to drive how many millions of pixels this has. I understand, but honestly, uh, and also I don't know how it compares to, let's say, the 4K version, the 21-inch uh, display, but like, if if I could go back and if I knew, I still don't know, but if I knew that the 4K monitor would actually help a lot with performance, I would probably pick that. Also, the 4K one, uh, you, can, you, you can hook up an iPad Pro to that one, but not the 5K. Mm-hmm. So it's another plus. So maybe... Is it a GPU thing? I don't know how computers work. 
Because I wonder if the it would be better with the 15 inch laptop. Because that has mm. a better GPU. Do you have a 15 inch? Nope, I have a 13. Mm. So do you also feel some performance hits? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also, I don't know. I don't use this display that much in the grand scheme of things, so it's right. never that bad. But yeah, I totally see how like if I use this every day, it could drive me insane. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> do Do you feel like it's a big drop or a small drop? Uh, it's a noticeable. It, it's it's a enough drop that it is. It's very annoying, and I'm and I'm complaining about it on the podcast. <laughs> well, that bar is very low then. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably right. <laughs> okay, that's it for follow-up, I guess. All right, cool. Let's get into the main topic. You're a Google boy now. I'm a Google boy. I'm not. But I, I'm more of a Google boy than I was in the past. Okay, uh, so tell us about why you decided to buy an Android phone. I decided to buy an Android phone because uh do you want the real reason or the a good reason <laughs> i want the real reason the real reason because i wanted one and i always needed an excuse right i can't just like buy a new phone uh but because now i need a second phone number because i need like a, my my dutch phone number um so like i and my phone my iphone doesn't have you know dual sim thing so I'm like, I need a second phone so I can hook up this Dutch number. Uh, and I really wanted an Android phone. I've always been really curious. Android phones look really good nowadays. Um, I feel like I, since I talk about technology, uh, design technology and everything else, uh, <laughs> sometimes, at least once a week, and I, and I like technology, it was like just a big uh, blind spot in my own experience and knowledge of, you know, I never had an Android phone, ever. Um, and so I feel like I, I really wanted to know what it's like and know a little bit about, you know, uh, what it's like on the other side. <laughs> cool. That's, that's a real reason. Yeah. I've also been wanting to buy one, um, mm-hmm. for a long time and I've told multiple people and I like, it's not that I've changed my mind. Um, but when it got time for me to buy like this specific phone, I was waiting on the new pixel. Um, mm-hmm. And it really very much felt like an S year for Google as well. Um, yeah, probably. And I just felt like, well, you know, if I'm going to buy an Android phone, like I don't want to get an S year phone. <laughs> I want to mm. get like one of a major change. Um, so I am still interested. So and this is why, like, I am very curious to hear about your experiences because uh, I'm still very interested. Every time I see someone post pictures from their Google Pixel, I'm like, gosh darn it, I one of online that can do this um but i decided to uh hold off uh for for now that's that's probably a smart decision <laughs> like i didn't want to wait because like i needed a, sep- a separate phone now uh it was like fine and also you know like it would be a new phone new android like it would be i would still feel very much like new right <laughs> like a new thing uh so I'm like, ah, what the hell? And also, so I did buy the Pixel. I bought the Pixel 3 XL, so the big buoy with a big notch. Um, and by the way, like choosing your phone in the Android realm, you know, we have a lot of options. It was surprisingly easy for me <laughs> to pick a phone. I was like, okay, 
I I know I want a Pixel because that's like the that's Android. You don't have a bunch of. You didn't look stuff. at the Snapdragon numbers. <laughs> no Snapdragons. <laughs> I didn't look at the dragons. I'm like, all right. So I know I want a Pixel, and uh, of course, like I'll get the the most recent one. So that would be the Pixel three, and then between the XL and the non XL, honestly. I would prefer the non-XL's size, just a smaller one. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very much in line with an iPhone 10, which is I was uh, using. Uh, but like, it not having a notch, having that that you know that chin and forehead, it felt really like outdated yeah. already. And so I'm like, I might I might as well at least the one with the notch, even though there's some issues there and we're going to talk about about that in a second but like uh, it felt more a bit, a bit more like modern yeah phone hardware design i would have gotten the same one yeah for the so that's exact it. same reason mm-hmm. so uh like i just want to start by saying that there's a lot of stuff what i'm going to talk about is this is not a, like a review of android or a review of the pixel because i am not i'm not uh equipped <laughs> to, Android, to do that one star <laughs> <laughs> no uh this is this is my experience about using this phone and so there's a lot of th- things that of course are related to android and there's some that are is more related to the hardware uh i i also know that uh this is even though this is like pure android uh you know the ones on the pixel i know that it's not the smoothest phone out there uh actually it's kind of like performance it, it's not the best so if I had a, I think I think the the even the OnePlus whatever the new one is they're better. Samsung's phones are really snappy, really good, like hardware wise and stuff. So don't please don't like write in and say actually you said that thing about Android, but on the Samsung that doesn't have like sure. I believe you. <laughs> you know, it doesn't change my experience. So um, this is like my opening. You didn't even make remarks. your nerd voice. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so <laughs> so I got this phone uh, back. I was still in San Francisco because uh, also I guess we can start there. Uh, I can't in, or couldn't buy this phone uh, in in Amsterdam, in the Netherlands. Oh, it's not, okay. they don't mm. sell it here. Uh, actually, I'm not, I think they sell it in the UK, but I am not sure. But it's not easy to find it right and that's i guess we could start there i know i know google is still very new at like shipping uh like hardware uh to like a global scale at a global scale like like apple is is doing for a while now um so the pixel is not available in every country and and you have to the only way to buy one unlocked which would i really needed to buy one unlocked because i would Mm -hmm. the plan is to put a you know a dutch phone number here um so the only way to buy it unlocked is online. So mm-hmm. I guess you could buy it from a Best Buy, but I think that's locked to a Verizon. They have like a deal with one carrier in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to buy it online. But the experience, like I bought it right right after I recorded a layout episode. So I was talking to you. Actually, you like we were on a call while I was buying it. So it was like <laughs> late at night. And the phone like was delivered in the next morning. So it was like That's in a span awesome. of, I don't know, like eight hours, which was incredible. And it wasn't like a delivery you know, company, whatever. It's, it was someone on like 
a civilian <laughs> her, his, her car it was it was very weird because oh. i was like expecting to you know to see like a fedex truck or something mm-hmm. and no it was just like a person like hey are you rafa like yes oh i guess this is for you like cool <laughs> wow that's very that's strange very strange but it was amazing that i i think it was the, like the the fastest turnaround of anything that i bought online and i got it yeah. um and probably so, our listeners who live in the bay area are like yeah like, isn't that how all deliveries <laughs> yes. happen like no let me tell you <laughs> you live outside of the fancy areas you live in it doesn't happen like that no no it doesn't amazon here like prime is a two-day thing yeah same for at us. best so yeah so that was Ugh, like that was my that was prime delivery it shows up in two days Ugh, how can you live like that <laughs> i know <laughs> so so that that was like my initial experience and the website like everything worked fine uh, uh, like design wise the whole experience was perfect uh nothing to no criticism there i think it was google is doing a good job it, it probably helps that they don't you know they don't scale this like you know worldwide so they they probably can do this. That's a reason why they can do this. But uh, it doesn't matter. The experience was great. So, yay, uh, thumbs up there. Then I got the phone. The whole setup experience was also pretty. It was like pretty good. Um, you know, uh, some people like complain that iOS's setup thing. Like when you get a new phone, there's like a lot of steps and a lot of things to turn on and a lot of like typing in your email and passwords and a lot. But like uh, at least with the Pixel, it was similar. It was pretty much the same. Like there's a couple steps. You sign in your Google account. You use you, you you. They ask you if you want to transfer stuff from your old phone. Which, by the way, all their um, accessories, like their cables, their chargers, their they have all the adapters in the box. Um, they have USB C uh, earbuds, which is great. So now I can use that in an iPad. By the way, <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, they have a little adapter like uh like USB A to Lightning so you can plug the same cable to your iPhone to like transfer photos and stuff like that. And did I did you try that. that? Yeah. I I did. Yeah, I did. Um not like in an initial setup uh but like afterwards you can still like pull data, pull stuff from your phone. Um okay, and, you know, they know their target. Like they're they're right. You know, they know their audience. How did you feel uh, about th- the onboarding? Was it like say a similar length as iphone or shorter yeah yeah pretty similar like uh it didn't strike me as like longer or shorter than it was pretty much it felt the same right but i also you know granted i don't go through that like setting up a new phone every day right yeah, yeah. so i don't even know what's the current state on ios there okay. but uh it was fine it was good experience like uh, i liked it um and then and then android uh like this sounds terrible. Uh, Android is a good, it's a great operating system. Um, I was ready to find some resistance, like by myself, just because I'm not used to it. Right. And that's why I'm like, I am not using, like I gave myself like a, a minimum of at least two weeks, like force myself to use this because there are things that are, you know, good. There are things that are bad and there are things that are just different. And humans hate change. <laughs> so, I would feel like, oh, this is not what I'm used to. So I, I would just, I wanted to get used to it and not make any judgment, like judgment calls, you know, on the spot just because it was different. Uh, but it was a lot of different things, <laughs> a lot of different things. Uh, all the gestures, um, kind of weird, you know, rearranging your home screen and stuff. It was like, 
a little bit different because you have the app tray. But I don't know if that's like the the, the names that what they call it. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can have stuff on your home screen, uh, and everything else uh, goes in this app tray. They can just right. Swipe. So, what's your strategy? Do you do that? Like, do you have four or five apps on the home screen, and then the rest of everything is in the scrolling? Pretty list? much. Pretty much. That's uh, that's actually like something I prefer. Way it's, I think it's way better than iOS. Like right now, my current strategy, and I think this is very common to folks who use the iPhone, is like you have your home screen with your most used apps, and then you have a bunch of folders that dump stuff into that because you don't want to get, you don't want to see it, right? It's like just put everything into a folder. I personally do that. I only have one single screen on my Springboard on iPhone, and with like my my most used apps, and everything else um, is on a folder. <laughs> so this way I don't have to just have that, that like folder that has all the crap in it. Yeah, I can just yeah. not have anything on my home screen. Yeah, I mean I that this seems to make sense to me too, right? Because I I try to have my home screen be like the top few apps that I use and then everything else I just search for by pulling down on my my mm-hmm. iPhone. So mm-hmm. I'm just assuming that here it, that's kind of reinforces that model. Like I would have a few apps, and then the rest are in the app tray, and then I'd mm-hmm. be able to like search for it. It's also it's also great that uh, there's no like invisible source of gravity in your home screen, mm. meaning all apps don't get automatically like rearranged to the top left. So you can okay, you can rearrange them any way you want. You can make like cute drawings or whatever little patterns. Uh, <laughs> uh, I personally like in the beginning I tried to do something like cool. But eventually, like, I just pull everything down. Which, by the way, I think if you're going to have, like, a default source of gravity that every app would be pulled into, at least make it, like, bottom nowadays, right? Because that's, you know, that's the easiest, uh, you know, more accessible uh, area. So that's what I've been doing now. It's pretty much, it's pretty standard. It's just, I just have one. uh, You have, like, something kind of like a dock that don't change, even if you scroll through pages, like a one row that is, is effectively like a dock, okay. and then everything else, everything just pulled to the bottom. Um, do you have? I have. This is how out of touch I am with Android. Do you have mm-hmm. any widgets on your home screen? That's a good question. I remember folks saying like, "Oh, but iOS didn't have widgets," and that was yeah. a big thing on Android, right? Yeah. Um, so when I got this, I was like, "All right, let's try all those widgets. See yeah. what I've been missing." Uh, I tried a few, and I uninstalled them all. That was the one thing I. They all, I couldn't find one that looked good hmm. and be useful at the same time. Okay, interesting. Um, so I just didn't. I guess I could like create even more pages and just dumps uh, widgets there, but I just never felt the need to do that. Um, so no, I don't have widgets. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if I'm missing out on anything, but I did try a bunch. Uh, and some like classic ones, I don't know, I guess like a calendar view or something that would be, right. it's a pretty common one to use, but it just, it, it didn't look good and it, it took right. up too much space to be useful. Um, so no, I don't use that. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, I ask cause it's a rumor that, um, iOS is also going to like redesign their home screen. So I'm kind mm-hmm. of curious to see like, okay, is there any insights for what they might steal or copy <laughs> from the mm-hmm. home screen? Hopefully the bottom gravity. <laughs> like that yes, would make please. Sense. Just that, I would be a welcome right. change. Uh, I wonder if on a, like a bigger sized phone, like a tablet, that w- that could probably be more mm-hmm. useful. Because then you have um, more surface. 
Yeah, because I like, take the calendar widget as an example. If you have like a, so imagine a grid, right? This is like it goes through the points in a grid. Yeah. Uh, if you go like a two by two, very small little square, you don't have enough room to show anything useful. Um, so you have to make it like big so you can see. Right. It can it can have some <laughs> usefulness to it. Uh, and if you have if you can have like really big as a, like a big widget taking a lot of space, then it just I just don't. I just don't like it. I just don't like how it looks. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. How about the icons? Like, did you... Because I know Android has a few different settings for icons. Did you mess with that at all? Uh, I did mess with that. So, uh, you have a bunch of options. Uh, you can you can set all of your icons as like square or circles or squircles or a bunch of stuff. Uh, you can also have like just not follow a shape just have its own little right icon i think i think i'm using the default which is everything is a circle i think that's the default okay um it's okay uh, i installed the new beta the android q beta and some icons changed and i don't know why i just assume it's it's a matter of like the developers have to update their apps so for example uh the spotify icon used to be just a circle like the spotify mm-hmm. icon uh, and with this new update, now it's like a white circle with the, like it doesn't take the full the f- oh, okay. right, width right. of the circle. Hmm. So I don't know if you can see that. It's like, oh, okay, it? interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right there. Hmm. So I don't know. Is it, I don't know if they're changing anything there. Uh, but it's okay. It doesn't. It's whatever. What about so one of the things that I feel uh, every time I see Android screenshots that would mm-hmm. drive me insane is. All the screenshots inevitably have like 500 app icons in their status bar. Mm. Is that yes. something that you've also found? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about that. Um, okay. So notifications, uh, just like widgets, notifications has always been something that Android users say they're years ahead of iOS, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the way iOS uh, handles notifications is a very primitive way, right? And to sum up how iOS handles notifications is if you get a notification, if your phone is locked, it's going to go into like a little, just a little vertical list of notifications. They come in as they come in, you know, whatever. Um, if you unlock your phone, then the next time you lock it, you know, the notifications aren't there. You know, if you want to go, you have to like scroll from the top to see all notifications. Yeah. Right. So they're pretty much like, it's very easy to get rid of the notifications itself. Right. Uh, even if you just unlock your phone without without um, acting on a notification, then they're pretty much gone unless you go look for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, on iOS, you don't get any notification icons on your status bar. So on Android, you do get a little icon for every single notification. And, of course, that doesn't scale very well. I mean, uh, now with the notch, I can get up to three icons. More than that, I don't see them get a little indicator that there's more oh um, okay <laughs> yeah like, that's a great benefit of the notch <laughs> i know right uh right so right now in this phone is like on the left side of the notch you have the clock and notifications on the right you have you know settings uh, battery indicator if your phone is like muted or whatever um like system-wide settings mm-hmm. um and so so but the the thing is like if you if you if, when your phone is locked you can see all the notifications um, and then if you unlock your phone, 
next time you lock it, the notifications are still there. Actually, if you unlock your phone, the notifications are there in the status bar. If you scroll up to see all the notifications, they are there. They won't go away what? until you either clear them mm. or you like open a notification, you know, like act on it. They won't go away. Even stranger for me, because like, I've been, I don't dislike that actually. It's like, I, do, I just feel more confident that I'm not going to miss any notifications. Um, it did force me just to be very, like, be very meticulous about what kind of notifications I get, like email and stuff. I just have to get rid oh, of it because just, right. you know, every other minute I got an email and just, oh it's just going to crowd all that. Um, so I've been, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty much okay with that. Like, I, and it does, it gives me confidence that I'm not going to miss notifications. Like they are there. But the one thing that I've, I've tried really hard to like try to understand and just go with it. But the one thing that I can't deal with is like, imagine that you have uh, Instagram notifications, right? Not only are they going to get on the status bar and notification center or whatever they call it, they're also going to get a little badge on the icon, just like iOS, right? Although the badge doesn't have a number. It just has a little indicator badge that there's notifications. Okay. Um, so I see the Instagram icon and it has a little notification badge. I open Instagram and I see that, sure, I had a couple messages, whatever, whatever. So I read all of my messages and I caught up on everything new on Instagram and I close the app. It still has that, that notification indicator. I don't understand why. Because <laughs> it didn't have clear to... the original notification? Why. Yeah, I have to like I have to long press on the icon and like get rid of notifications almost like individually or go back to the top and clear them all. Like I've seen the content of that notification. I've seen the messages. I've cleared the unread stuff, but it's still there. I don't know if this is a bug. I don't know if this is intended behavior, but it drives me nuts a little bit. Yeah. Just too much. That seems like a notification UI designed by people who force quit all their apps. <laughs> It's like, you know, <laughs> want to micromanage all these, all these things. Mm-hmm. Hmm, very interesting. And how about the additional settings for notifications? Because something that I hear often is Android gives you more granular control over what kind of notifications get in and um, under what circumstances and everything. Have you found that to be useful? I haven't found that. I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Especially that I was 12, it feels like it's kind of the same. Okay. Or unless I've just missed it. I don't know. But like Ma- when maybe I, it is. When I get a notification, like from the notification center, whatever they call it again, sorry, uh, I can swipe in, I can either snooze it or, uh, you know, it's like snooze for, and you can say like an hour or a day, you know, alert me about this uh, in the future. Or you can go in and, and tweak those settings. Like don't show me more like this or show me more notifications like this. And I assume there's some AI involved because it's not like never show me this particular type of notification. Mm-hmm. It's more like don't show me notifications like this. So I trust have AI. You, have you used that a little bit? Uh, not really. Not for a lot of stuff. I also don't have a million apps installed. So that probably helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been mostly for like email and stuff like that. Yeah, because I'd be interested to hear what happens <laughs> like when you do that. Like, oh, show me last notifications from Twitter. <laughs> and it's like like what level of granularity does it treat it mm-hmm. is it like mm-hmm. show me last notification from every single time that rafa messages me or is it show me last notifications from messages or is it yeah, show me point. last notifications from twitter like those are all very different things 
Let me curious to know how it. From what I've seen on Android, it's like uh, you can you, you can probably do anything and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can't, there's probably an app for that or right. something. <laughs> um, I should I start with like things that I like or things that I don't like. I mean, we're going in section by section. Right. Mm, okay. um, tell tell me start? about the camera. <laughs> yeah, let's start. Okay, let's talk about the hardware and this phone in particular. Oh, okay. So, yeah, good. including the camera. Yeah. Uh, we're going to leave that for the end. Uh, so, hardware is like, this This phone feels nice. I think it looks good. It's a good phone. I like the frosted glass on the back. Um, the screen is really nice. It's also OLED. Uh, it has... Uh, like the always-on display, which is kind of cool. It took me a while to get used to it. I always looked like, oh, shit, it's on. I, like, <laughs> I forget that that was the off mode, off state. But I think it's really nice. Um, I really like the accent color and the power button. Like, yes, please, more phones, copy that. I think that's pretty cool because every phone is kind of boring nowadays. Um, I uh, The speakers are like, cool they're really loud like the sound for a phone i mean it's also just like they're big speakers you can see the grills and they are facing mm. you right, right. on the front of the display that probably helps um it's a good solid phone hardware wise like it's good uh i gotta say it doesn't feel as premium as an iphone 10 10s i would say um like you can still see like the sim the seams you know when materials you know meet i guess like the plastic band around it and the the glass back, you can you know, it's it doesn't feel as premium as heavy. Let's say um, the buttons are plastic. I think they feel like it, and most importantly, like this phone feels like it's one generation behind. Mm. Like it still has a fingerprint reader, uh, like on the back. Uh, the notch is like just huge, <laughs> but right. just like the iPhone's notch, like I don't see it. You know, when I'm using the phone, it, it's not a it's not an issue as you use it, but it is like it, it feels like it's not as modern industrial design. It feels like it's one generation right. ahead. Like if this phone came out exactly when the iPhone 10 came out, I was like, yes, it's very much in line. Still has like a big chin. Well, isn't that what happened? Or no? This came... I think it was like almost a year after. No, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't remember anymore. Maybe it was because I was coming from an iPhone I guess you're right 10. that the the phone that came out when the iPhone 10 came out was similar to this one, but with the full bezels. Mm. And then mm-hmm. the year after, this came out while the mm-hmm. iPhone XS came out. So yeah, you're right. It is one year after. Right. So it's like it's good hardware. It just doesn't feel super premium, super modern. Right. Right. But it's mm-hmm. it's good nonetheless. Yeah. Speaking of the industrial design, though, it there's something about it that feels right for Google in a sense. Hmm. Like I don't I don't know how to say this in a nice way. Like because um, I I don't mean it in, in like a bad way or anything, but Google's brand is not shiny. Right, it's not like luxury. Brand. Yeah, it's, it's more not a luxury of a, like, accessible, brand. Yeah. cool, hip. Yeah, brand. exactly. It's like designing for all of us. Like it's right. the same way with the Google Home, which I think have a really good uh, industrial design. It it's not flashy 
makes sense. Like mm-hmm. it, it's designed to kind of blur into the background, but it kind mm-hmm. of works really well. Like it's a nice understated kind of design. And I feel like that phone kind of subscribes to that aesthetic. Um, mm-hmm. If you compare it to, for example, like Samsung, which is very like blingy, like in your face, iridescent materials and stuff. Google is a lot more restrained. And I kind of appreciate that. Although yeah. I agree with you that like in some areas, like it could use some nicer materials, like plastic buttons, really. Like we, we can probably get something nicer there. But uh, yeah, no. I overall I I don't dislike the I think interact. the Pixel 2's industrial design was more like that. Uh mm-hmm. you know remember with the like the dual tone, you know, it had like the stormtrooper yeah. and uh, they had like effectively two colors on the back and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Now they're not. Like they have the same so you have like uh I think the, yeah, glass and frosted glass. But it's still the same color. I mean they, okay. they look yeah. a bit different uh like under direct sunlight or something. But I feel like they're trying to move away from that maybe slowly. And with this particular phone, it's like a halfway point between something more like hip and cool and whatever, and something that looks more uh, expensive and more luxurious, maybe. Right. Um, unsure. Uh, another thing is the fact that it has a USB C. I know this is old news for a lot of Android phones, but damn, it feels nice. Yeah. Damn, it's good. <sighs> Can't wait for the iPhone to also get this because it, it's really nice to just have that one cable that you use also on your laptop um, and also on your iPad. Uh, you know, have that same cable for everything. It's really, yeah. really cool. It uh, just, I, don't, I feel like USB-C just feels so sturdy too. Like yeah, lightning, compared to lightning comparison right? yeah. feels so chintzy. Like, yeah. Yeah, because lightning is like just USB-C. a one piece of metal with the connectors on both sides. Yeah. And the USB-C, you still have like a, it's, it's still hollow, right? Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's like a, like a donut instead of just a, sim- <laughs> a single. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, the camera. Uh, like I said at the top, uh, the camera of this phone ruined cameras f- for every other phone for me. Uh, like I, I knew that the Pixel camera was really good. I've seen all the reviews. I've seen all the MKBHDs, you know, uh, you know, photo comparison of all the different phones. I knew it was really good, but I was not prepared for like how actually good, how really good it was. Um, every phone, every picture that I take with my iPhone looks like crap compared to to this one. It's like it really ruined it. Now, like, I, even if I am using my iPhone uh, for a while or something, I still bring this Pixel just to take pictures. If I'm going mm. anywhere, this is the phone that I'm going to bring. Because the camera is, it's that good, um, and it only has one single camera, <laughs> yeah, which is, which is impressive. So hats off, all the hats that I have on, they're off. Google, amazing job. Um, they have a second camera on the front-facing camera, which was really interesting. But let me tell you, having that like wide, uh, wide-angle lens to take selfies and stuff, you can zoom out, you can get everyone in the picture. Like, if you were to ask me, hey, you can have a second camera, where would you want it? You know, do you want a zoom lens on the back, on the front? Do you want a wide angle on the, you know, on the front-facing camera, whatever? Like, pick one. This, I think, is the most useful on the phone, honestly. Mm, interesting. Yeah. It's really I, cool. I can see how this has a very clear uh, use case that people are mm-hmm. in very often. 
Whereas the other one is like, yeah, like you get an additional zoom. And for people like me, like I actually do use the zoom pretty often, but like for 99% of people, like I think they don't even never even press that button. Whereas mm-hmm. with this, like people take selfies all the time. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed any meaningful lens distortion on the wide angle? There's a little bit. There's a little bit. Especially, you know, you're most likely to be holding your phone, like with your arm, because okay, it's taking a yeah. selfie, right? And so like your arm, like in the at the edge of the picture, you can see some bending okay. uh, a little bit. But it's like it's But it's like acceptable. A, it's like it's like stylized. Right. Almost, okay. Right? Mm. It's not it doesn't look broken. It looks like it's this style. Almost like a not a fisheye, not that severe, you know, but no, it's a style. Okay. Uh, I think it's like it's it's totally acceptable, but you can definitely see it. You can see that something's there, something's happening. <laughs> Did you try uh, the how's it called the night mode, night vision, night sight? Ooh, yes, yes, I did. That is still magic. I don't understand what's going on. I don't. I'm a bit scared. It feels like dark magic. But yes, taking pictures. Did I did I ever show you like a, a comparison? No, side by side. I've seen some online, but never seen your actual pictures. Okay, uh, with the magic of editing, I'm going to show you these two pictures, one taken with the iPhone and one taken with the Pixel. Okay. Give me one second. <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's a big difference. Do I have one where it's, like, even darker uh, in the original picture? Because the second picture looks like it's, day- like, full-on daytime. Yeah. And it doesn't even have flash or whatever. Yeah. Crazy. I did a really good job at correcting the color balance, too. Yeah. The one second it is like, all yellowish. It's trying yeah. to find a white, you know, <laughs> something to calibrate and just, yeah. Damn. <laughs> it is really impressive. It is really, really impressive. Um, I guess uh, the last thing about hardware is like the squeeze to trigger the Google Assistant. Oh, uh, <laughs> what do you think I just about say, that? <laughs> I think it's it's like I don't mind having it. It's not like oh, I wish I didn't have that. No, it's fine. Uh, I do use it. Uh, actually, that's yeah, that's how I trigger Google Assistant most of the time. It's fine, but it's also not you know life changing. <laughs> do you get accidental squeezes? <laughs> nope, never. Okay. Cool. I mean, it seems like a good way to not over, um, like overload the button. <laughs> yeah, true. Especially because, uh, you know, the button is not always there as well. Oh, I guess one last thing, and this is like a bit on the downside things. I guess it's, it's hardware related or actually, no, it should be software, but I get just so many, so many accidental taps. Accidental. Like, uh, <laughs> I know, uh, like uh, what do you call it? Uh, like palm detection, you know? Oh like, yeah, because the phone is so big. Uh, like sometimes I'm trying to reach for something, you know, and like the palm of my hand, you know, my palm touches like a, the edge or whatever, mm-hmm. and it triggers that. Like mm-hmm. it registers as a touch event all the time. This happens all the, at least like five times a day as I'm using my phone. Damn, it's kind of annoying and I, I guess that could be corrected or should be corrected by software but it's still yeah. yeah yeah it's i forget it might not have been a pixel phone so maybe it's different but um someone was showing trying to show me pictures on their android phone the other day and i think they had a similar issue where they would mm-hmm. actually like their palm would hit something but mm-hmm. it, i feel like even if 
you know, the palm detection fails um, and it registers a tap, like, I don't know why, but the image would just, like, basically, like, jump back to the hmm. smaller size when it was, like, trying to zoom in. Um, no animation, no nothing. It would just, like, flash back to where it was. Hmm. Um, and it just felt like this This seems wrong. Like, even if the palm detection was not working. Yeah, even like, if, like, I there should tapped be some, on that corner. Yeah, like, even if you tapped that on that happen. corner, like, you wouldn't necessarily... Or right. uh, maybe you, that's what you would get, but that's I don't feel like that's what you should get. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if yeah, you've weird. seen that, but that I remember like noticing. It was like that's so strange. Yeah, it's like, no, I guess, not that in particular, but okay. Yeah, especially like the keyboard stuff, and it, it just when I'm trying to reach for one app, like to open an app on on my home screen, mm-hmm. and as I'm trying to reach it, like my palm would tap on another icon, like in the in the corner, the right. bottom corner, it would open that app. How so, do you feel about the lack of rubber bending? In a scroll list. Let's talk about that in the other section, the software section, and I guess Android stuff. Uh, but before we do, Kevin, do you want to tell us about the sponsor for this week? Yes. Uh, Abstract is back. So Abstract is design workflow management for product design teams using Sketch. Let's face it. The workflows and tools that are available to growing design teams are still largely behind times, especially when you compare it to the tools that are used by our friends, our developers. We spent a frustrating amount of time searching for files, exporting them from one tool and importing them into another, consolidating feedback from multiple sources, and frankly, never really knowing what changes have been incorporated and approved. Abstract is your team's source of truth. So it's kind of like GitHub, but for designers. It brings all of your design workflow into a single unified place for designers, developers, and stakeholders to collaborate and keep work moving forward. With Abstract, you can version design files, present work, request reviews, collect feedback, and give developers direct access to all specs, all from one place. In just two years, Abstract has already now over 100,000 users, and it's used by companies like Intuit, Zappos, MailChimp, Shopify, Netlify, and thousands of others. We use it. We love it. Um, I can't imagine how we would manage our design system without it. Um, so if you're interested, you can uh, sign your team up for a free 30-day trial by heading over to goabstract.com. And if you tweet at them, so that's at goabstract and uh, add layoutfm, uh, so at layoutfm, mentioning uh, in the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $500 credit to your business plan. So you'll be employee of the month. Um, and <laughs> on top of that, Abstract just recently launched their dark theme and it looks amazing. Yes. Um, so go take a look. Check it out. I promise uh, your team members are going to thank you. And honestly, if you uh, send out that tweet, you're going to be uh, everyone's favorite employee. So uh, our thanks to Abstract for sponsoring this week's episode of Layout and go check him out at goabstract.com. And if you don't want to take our word for it, take a listener's Ollie's word for it. <laughs> he just tweeted us that uh, he tried to try Abstract again and um, <laughs> he he's loving it. Like uh, uh, he and his boss, I guess, <laughs> for, to get a lot of design feedback directly on the tool. So uh, thanks, Ollie, for also getting in touch with us and letting us know. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the dark mode on this new release. 
Uh, I think it's it's a very well implemented dark mode. I gotta say, it's impressive. They kept like the transparency thing, pretty good. And also they just released a new feature called uh, it's like assets. So just not you have the inspect that you already had, but now every single uh, layer that you set to export on Sketch, you know, when you click like exporting, you define the file size, file type, and size. Then in in abstract you can like see all of the exported layers and you can download them directly through abstract so you don't even need sketch for that pretty cool very nice thanks abstract all right so let's get back into some more software stuff get back okay um uh oh shit i forgot on the hardware thing the fast charging is amazing by the way it's it's like I don't, why doesn't iPhone, why don't iPhones have this? I don't understand. <laughs> Still, like you, you plug your, this, this phone, you plug, you, I plug my pixel to the wall uh, and it takes like 10 minutes to charge like 30%. Oh, wow. It's, it's ridiculous. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So anyway, but enough of hardware. Okay. Um, Kevin, I have a bunch of like just random notes here and there. Things that as, as I was using this, I just, things as I found stuff, I just uh, took took notes of it um this phone like android has a bunch of little utilities like things that are useful um that i just wish like uh, iphones and every every other phone had things like um like the phone is the rotation is locked by default i think and you can lock it or unlock it as you you would expect right and i think the default it's locked um so if you rotate your phone sideways nothing's going to change. Hmm. But, you know the little, I don't know what they call it, but like on Android, you have the the bar at the bottom with the home button, the back button, yep. right? Um, so if you rotate it, you get on in that bar a little icon saying like to rotate uh, if you want, only if you want. So if I'm, on, if I'm on Chrome and I am watching a video, I rotate the phone. It won't rotate, but I see the little icon appear like, hey, do you want to rotate? Because I just noticed that you rotated your phone. I'm like, yes, cool, thank you. I click the button, uh, I tap the button, and the phone rotates. Like that's that's how everything should happen. Please. So you have to I do almost that for every single video, or I I can just like unlock it, right, like mm. system wide, and that, then every time I rotate the phone, it's going to rotate okay. the content. But like, say but you're that, in YouTube, like YouTube can't override the unlocking thing. No, we can't. No. Damn it! So close, so close. Android, <laughs> can you get this right? iOS is stuck in the mud with their stupid single sided toggle. Why aren't you doing things better? Like that seems like that should be right up your alley. Just have it so that apps can say, you know what? Override the toggle. Override the toggle for this moment whenever a video is playing, and everyone will be happy for it. No management. No need to mess with it. This one is like I guess it's not super perfect, but it's way better than what iOS does. Like YouTube, right. if you click the full screen button, it will rotate for you. Oh well, yeah. So that's what I'm asking for. In the app, just but still, uh, that's the same on iOS. Even if you're locked. Yes. Hmm. I should check. Pretty sure. I know at least the system. If it's using the system UI uh, for playing videos, it won't rotate automatically oh, hmm, 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 hmm. so let's YouTube face it does it yeah i don't know i gotta say but like I, I i love this little thing it's like yes only if i rotate it yeah if i tell you that i want yeah. to rotate it please do right um, the, the, i don't like, have to go to settings yada yada yeah. yeah so 
that is like a really cool little thing. Um, then it has like a little uh, small details. Like if you if you if you try to connect to a, a, a Wi-Fi that has like the sign in, let's say at the hotel. That's where I first saw it. I was at a hotel. You know when you join a Wi-Fi. Uh, a Wi-Fi like access point or a hotspot or whatever, and then you have the the login page. Maybe you have to subscribe oh, okay, to yeah, newsletter yeah. or whatever. The captive network um, kind of like, situation. Exactly. Uh, so on iOS, it's like I join and then I always play a game. Like, is it going to prompt a little modal for yeah. me to sign in? <laughs> maybe not. If it doesn't, I guess I'm going to go to Safari and try to load a mm-hmm. web page, and maybe that'll trigger it. Whatever. Right. So on Android, um, if you join one of those Wi-Fi spots i'll get a little notification say hey tap here to log into wi-fi okay like in nose and that is super cool like thank you google thank you that is cool um then everything like uh, everything services on this phone <laughs> is amazing like google photos is the best thing ever i just love it i adore it um i just wish it had like a good native app on the mac but that's a different story um like it automatically uploads everything uh it it does all the things that ios also does now uh though it's a bit later uh did it later after uh, google did it but like creates all the smart albums it's very easy like the ui it's actually surprisingly good you can it's very easy to add stuff to an album and then if you want to share that it'll give you a url can you imagine that kevin just Here's a URL. That's you can share great. that URL with folks. It's like it's so easy to share pictures like that. Um, and then you'll know because everyone has a Google account. Uh, and everyone uses a Google account because also most people have an iCloud account, but they don't use it. You don't share your iCloud account mm-hmm. in I, iCloud you know, email address with anyone. But everyone use, does that with Google. So it knows if someone, like you're sharing this with someone and that someone has a Google Photos thing, it automatically like just, you know, syncs up with their own Google Photos. Anyway, that whole experience was really good. Google News is also pretty cool. Um, all the other third-party apps, I got to say, there was not as cool. <laughs> like podcasts, I think it's a shit show. Um, <laughs> their home app is still an Android, but uh, also on Android is a shit show. Uh, so for calendar, you're using Google Calendar. I'm using Google Calendar. I'm using Gmail for email. It's pretty, it, that's okay. Um, they, they have a Google Keep or Keep Notes. Okay. That app is the worst app I've ever seen. Really, it's it doesn't work uh, for me. Uh, it's it's just I don't and I also I don't understand. I just assumed it was like something to replace notes, but I think it's it also trying to replace reminders or something. Okay. Very unclear. Um, then also the, like messages and stuff like that. All the built-in messaging stuff. I don't understand. What exactly it does? I think it's just SMS, and not any other messaging thing. Yeah. Um, so have you been using that? No, because no one uses SMS. I've found. Uh, so you're I, just not messaging anyone when you use this phone. I had to install WhatsApp. Oh. I did it. I had to do it. Damn. WhatsApp and Messenger and Telegram <laughs> for the Taco Tuesday group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I use Telegram for. Um, yes, I had to just install all these other apps. Uh, and I understand why Android folks would use WhatsApp a lot because mm. what else would you use? Um, that is one thing that like, it's, it's known. People know that iMessage is a thing and it, it's honestly, iMessage is probably what's keeping 
a lot of folks uh, on the iOS ecosystem as well. Uh, and I don't blame them. Uh, I really did miss iMessage a lot. Um, so effectively, like everything services, like Google Maps is amazing here. Hmm. Um, and it has like, I don't know if, the, I assume it also does the same on iOS, but because it's not at a system level, like I get a little notification say, hey, you are here. I just, I think you're at this hotel. Do you want to review it? And you get all the, they have this, this gamification to, I don't know what they call it. Effectively, like if you review a bunch of spots, uh, a bunch of places on Google Maps, you get points, you get upgraded to stuff and you get new features or whatever. Um, all that integration with Google Maps uh, and Google Assistant and all that is like, it's amazing. I I can only, like I just could experience and, and dream about what would an iOS with Google Maps, like native integration would look like. <laughs> um, it's amazing. Like it is really good. Uh, way better than anything Apple currently can offer. Nice. Um, and also the fact that stuff like Google Photos, they just don't, charge you for anything they can just upload every uh, all the pictures you're not going to run out of space although that's not 100 percent true because you do have a limit and then when you cross that limit that limit you can either only keep like high resolution pictures but not full resolution right okay so you can keep unlimited high resolution versions of your pictures uh, I'm like, no, thank you. I want the full resolution. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then what they offer, like they call it the Google One, uh, it's just like a bundle of a bunch of stuff, uh, and it's pretty affordable. It's like 200 gigabytes. It's 2.99 a month, dollars. Uh, two terabytes. It's 9.99 a month, and that's like for Google Drive and Gmail and you know photos. Uh, you get some benefits like hotels and stuff like that, but you know that's not really. No one really <laughs> <Okay>. uses that. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's like all the good stuff. Uh, <laughs> and then here's a couple of bad things that I just, I just could not, this, I can may sound like a, like an Apple fanboy, like, Oh, the little things that doesn't really matter. Um, but like scrolling on this phone mm-hmm. is still subpar to iOS. You mentioned the rubber band, uh, effects. Yeah. Like, it, I, I don't know if it's still patent pending, like if, if Apple still has that patent, patent for the rubber bands. But like it's Android as an operating system, it's incredibly inconsistent. Like in the little app tray, I do get a small rubber band effect on Chrome and like apps like settings and stuff. I get a, like a weird, it looks like a blob <laughs> as I pull, yeah. like I reach the limit, like I'm pulling a little curtain <laughs> very materially. Um, a bunch of other apps you just don't get anything. Like it's not a consistent mm. behavior, um, just like like how you get on on iOS. Um, and then you just get get a little like the classic glitches and um, like the apps they don't feel as high quality <laughs> as iOS. I'm gonna give you one very common example: um, Instagram. This phone, like I said, the camera is amazing. So. I want to post all these pictures on Instagram. The Instagram app on his phone, it's just, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong, but every picture that I upload from this phone, they look like crap. Really? Um, Why? I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. Like when I'm trying to drag and like resize the text, I, it's, it's not as smooth. I don't get the little like guides, you know, like to alignment, to align. Hmm. I don't know what they call it, like the alignment guides, yeah. you know. 
I don't get any of that stuff. I don't know if this is a Pixel related thing. I don't know if this is an Android specific right. thing. Like the apps are just not as good. They don't work super well. Hmm. Instagram was like it was surprisingly bad. Even though that I even try to compare with like other friends' uh, phone and like I was looking like comparing it side by side, the scrolling and the panning and whatever in Instagram and like it was clearly worse on the Pixel than I think he had like a OnePlus or whatever. So maybe it's a Pixel specific thing, but the experience is pretty bad. Mm. What about the Twitter app? Twitter app is okay. For the longest time I had, like for the first couple of weeks, I had this weird, like when I stopped, you know, that, that common behavior of like you scroll and then you tap the screen to stop scrolling. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty common. Yep. Every time I did that, it would jitter a little bit. So it wouldn't <laughs> stop exactly where I tapped. Hmm. That was very annoying, but eventually they fixed it. Um, so I was gonna, uh, the Twitter app is like, it's, it's very similar to iOS, but still not as not as smooth maybe okay still a couple you know weird stuff here and there um and then here's this one another example that i still can't believe this uh actually happens and no one fixed it um i don't know if you noticed this but if you have an iphone every time you have the camera open your phone won't vibrate if you have the camera open and if you get a text or whatever notification your phone won't vibrate why because you have the camera open <laughs> uh and that's the, one of the things that i i would never even think of yeah, and if you I've asked never me noticed this before if you asked me before like hey if you have your camera open and, and you get a notification does it vibrate i wouldn't be able to answer that like i just don't remember it but on this phone like i'm shooting a video like i'm recording Right, it's recording a video, and I get a notification, and the whole phone buzzes, and of course the video is going to get all jittery because the phone is vibrating, and it ruined the shot. This happens all the time. <laughs> they don't silence the notifications. It's what like just use your phone for a day. You will eventually find this, right. and you will know it's, it's something needs to be fixed. So those are the kinds of little like design details that I love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just you don't really notice it, don't pay attention to it. But as mm-hmm. soon as it's not there, you're like, this is broken. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, and I don't like every every piece of software has bugs. Of course. I don't I don't blame a company or a, a product for having bugs. I'm just saying there's <laughs> bugs are more frequent here. And like weird bugs sometimes. Like when when I came back home from the US to the Netherlands, for some reason it didn't detect the time zone correctly. And I was like one hour away. <laughs> like with one hour, uh, you know, difference. And I, I didn't know how to fix this. It's like I can not set it to try to detect the time zone by default, but I want that. I don't want to manually set my time, right? <laughs> so I just had to like deactivate it, like turn it manually and turn automatic and then just try to... I just spent a lot of time trying to fix it. I don't remember how I eventually fixed it, but it did. Um, it has a very cool feature, this phone, that like it's always, always listening for uh, like songs, like music playing, and it will oh, yeah. tell you on the lock amazing. screen. That is amazing. That's an amazing feature. Mm. I love it. Uh, but for some reason, it took me like a month to be able to activate it. It just wouldn't activate. I would go to settings. It would say it's on, but it wasn't on. Like It wasn't working. 
And if I try to turn it off, when I try to turn it on, like back on, it would reset my phone for some reason. You got to earn this for, it like, okay. for a long time. <laughs> yeah, work for it. Um, it until eventually, it was maybe like a software update and it, it did fix it. It's like, okay, um, we've captured enough of your conversations. Now, now you can have your reward for it. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's like those weird little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, remember that, that uh, WWC session about, I forget what they called it, um, like the gestures on a new iPhone 10, mm-hmm. like how fluid they were. Yeah. Right? That was one of the best talks I've ever seen. Yeah. We're going to try to find it and put a yeah, link in the show it. notes. You have to watch that. But effectively, it's like how that gestural-based um, UI on the iPhone works and stuff like it's very fluid, right? Even though in the, the um, creative selection book, uh, you mentioned like how something should work. It's like, hey, there's a piece of paper on, on this desk. Put your finger on it and move that piece of paper. That's the delay I want, right? It needs to feel that organic in software. This phone doesn't feel organic, like all the gestures. And it's not like most people don't care. And it does take a lot of resources. It does take a lot of time to implement and make this right. I don't, I don't blame them for not going that extra mile. It's fine. It's probably a very good business decision, honestly. <laughs> um, but like things like the the app switcher, right? Like when you're scrolling through the current open apps. Um, on the iPhone, it's like an organic thing. You're like, you're almost dragging those apps, right? In, in space. Um, on Android, it's like, there's like ticks, you know? You, you are just you are just dragging an invisible scroll bar and it takes like tick, 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 tick. It's not like a one-to-one. It's not organic thing. Mm. It's not direct manipulation. It's almost like having a scroll wheel on your mouse or having like a, or scrolling on a trackpad. You know, it's almost like that. It's like one is more mechanical, more robotic, and one is more organic. And I feel this like throughout a lot of places in the UI, uh, these little details. Um, And I guess that... I think that is like sums up very well this phone. Um, and some people like just ask me if this is better than an iPhone or, you know, <laughs> if one is better than the other one. I think it's just very different. And I, f- I feel like this phone to me uh, feels like a beta version for an amazing phone. Like there's a lot of good ideas and good stuff, like good implementation, but it's just not quite there, right? There's like little details that mm-hmm. you should also address. And so it's like comparing this to an iPhone is with this phone, you can do more stuff, but the experience of doing it, it's not as good as an, as an iPhone. So with an iPhone, you're more limited than what you can do, but what you can do feels better, <clears throat> in my opinion. Interesting. And I guess this is potentially like where... Um, different kind of people like absolutely value different things and so absolutely if you're a person who values having more possibilities uh, then you're going to gravitate more towards android and then if you gravitate more towards having that like polished experience where maybe you can't do everything but the things you can do you can do them mm-hmm. more or less well <laughs> like i don't even want to say really well <laughs> because i think ios has many many problems too yes um <laughs> then you maybe gravitate more towards iphone Absolutely. If you if you have that like, I don't want to call it like hacker mentality, but the, the mentality like I I I know technology. I'm in control. Mm-hmm. Like just let me do what what I want. Um, I can see how like iOS it feels 
claustrophobic. It feels like you, you know, you have, uh, feel like you're chained, right? Because uh, here's an example. I was trying to download this one app, um, the Google Fi thing. Uh, so I went to the Play Store and I couldn't install it because it wasn't available on my country. I was running a VPN. I was like, wow, okay, somehow you know, like my Google, my Google account is set to United States. I was running a VPN set to United States, but somehow it knew like it wasn't available in my country. Sure. Guess what? It's fine. I can go on a website and download like a app installer thing and just install it directly. <laughs> like I can, I can, I can bypass the, the Play Store. Hmm. Uh, like if I want to do it, just let me do it. I don't want to be... Do you not get the app updates then? There's a way. There, so you don't, but there's one app. <laughs> of course. There's one app that can check for all of the, like, I don't want to call it illegally installed, but like non-Play Store apps. It can detect which apps like that you have installed and then check for updates for you. Oh, wow. So it acts like a middleman checking for it. So there's a way. Uh, like Android, there's a way. <laughs> you can make this happen. If there is an Android, there's a way. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. Should we look at our listener questions? We should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I asked on Twitter if someone had questions uh, about Android and me. Um, and so we have a bunch, so let's just go through them. So listener Phil asked a couple of questions. So mm-hmm. first one, have you encountered and enjoyed any extra support for progressive web apps than was available on iOS? Uh, no. I wasn't... I didn't go that far in okay. where like I felt like I needed an app and a progressive web app would be available, but no native app. I feel like this is really uh, like being able to install progressive web apps as like on your phone, not as a native app, but like it would act as a, and look like an app, a native app. It's still fairly new, even on Android. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like a lot of companies haven't taken advantage of that just yet. So I can see in the future that would be something super powerful, right? So you could not go through the Play Store and you just have, you know, just install a website, a web app on your phone. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we're not there yet that I just couldn't find a, a native app equivalent. Okay. Uh, have you found much difference in the freedom of supported file types and ability to escape iTunes? Uh, no. Uh just because of how I use my phone, I guess I didn't try to download all those like crazy file types. Uh, the the ability to escape iTunes, I don't even on my iPhone. I don't connect it to iTunes anymore, ever. So maybe he's talking about the the iTunes Store, like movies and stuff, and being chained to that. Maybe, but no, uh, no. <laughs> okay um and last question from phil did you miss any tight integrations uh with os 10 toys so <laughs> integrations with your mac and stuff like that you mentioned right. uh photos being one mm-hmm. any anything else yeah i still i i really really miss airdrop mm. i still don't know and we make a lot of fun of airdrop because it's like you know 70 <laughs> percent of the times it works 100 percent of the times um 
so airdrop can be hit or miss, but I really do miss it. I still get like stumped a lot of times and we're like, I'm on my phone. I want to send something to my Mac. Like, but how? Mm. <laughs> and I don't know. If it's like a right. photo, I can go to on my Mac and go, you know, to photos.google.com and download that. But if it's anything else, like even like I copied this, how do I paste it on my Mac? Like this one piece of text or something. So it's not as great of experience or tightly integrated experience if you run a Mac. Right. Yes, I yeah, did miss that. That's an iOS feature that feels magic sometimes. Like not the AirDrop, but just copying mm-hmm. something on my phone and then just pasting it on my Mac. Yes, feels incredible whenever it works. Especially because I do, you know, the app Paste. It's in fact like a clipboard manager. Um, oh, interesting. I use that on my Mac and my phone, and it does sync via iCloud. Hmm. Um, so effectively, like all my, I think it's like a thousand last copied item items they're synced somewhere so if you want to go oh i copied that one email uh, to someone or something and i'm on my phone on my ipad i can always go to paste and look through my history i miss that also on on android very interesting mm-hmm. next um, thanks phil so uh ollie asks which apps have you found are the must-haves to replace iOS-specific features? Um, good question. From my limited experience, I don't know about iOS-specific features. I can tell you which apps I really did miss, and I couldn't find an equivalent. Uh, first, Things. We talked about at length here. It's my favorite to-do and you know task manager app it doesn't you don't have things for android unfortunately and i really really did miss it um but there are alternatives Uh, so one popular one is a todoist so that was that's what i was using but of course i I think it's pronounced todoist (laughs) todoist sounds better um so that was one also uh castro it's like podcast apps um i was using the native not it's not even native, but the Google's podcasts app, it's terrible. I if you're using Android, I think you should use um, Pocket Cast. It's probably still the best one. Uh, but I was like, I was giving it a shot. I was trying to use more Google stuff. Um, so that was another one. Another one. Also Apollo for Reddit. Uh, I looked through some Reddit clients, um, and I forget the one that the, the one that MKBHD always recommends. It didn't do it for me for some reason, so I just used the the official Reddit client. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I do miss uh, uh, Apple Notes <laughs> uh, or something that would work exactly like that and a bit natively, you know. Um, so, but but that's it's you know it's not a lot. I definitely didn't find any like that one app that just I couldn't find on Android and I couldn't find any alternative. Uh, we're pretty good. You know, in most apps, you know, I guess I'm just a boring person, but I do use a lot like, you know, Twitter or, you know, Instagram. <laughs> or one password was, thank God for one password. I don't, honestly, maybe that would be a deal breaker. If one password, if I couldn't have one password on my Android phone, I don't know if I could use it. So, sorry, Ollie, I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> Uh, listener Melanie asks, do you find yourself using the Google Assistant as much more 
or less than Siri? Which is better integrated, designed, uh, and more useful to you as a user? Google Assistant, by far. Mm. Uh, I do use Google Assistant on my phone. I don't use Siri on my phone. What do you like use it for? S- uh, like to to ask for directions. I feel that's one example. Or like I feel way more confident asking for like, hey, where is this one? bar or whatever like this one restaurant if someone asks me hey have you been to this one place i'm like hey google dingus show me this place damn it that tree <laughs> um <laughs> uh also google assistant is like way more integrated not just uh like as a the voice assistant that it triggered but also i don't know what they call it but like the you know the card type of ui and where like it can show you relevant content yeah okay, yeah so if you booked gmail is incredible at this and where if you get an email with like an invoice or you know a receipt for any purchase or whatever or if you get like an amazon email because your order has shipped it knows all that stuff Mm. and so it shows you directly in that ui like hey your amazon package is you know uh, is going to arrive tomorrow or whatever all of that automatically without having me to do anything and that is amazing and of course i also use google home um at my place in my house so, yeah, I was, just, I was already using it and it just become way more useful for me. Pretty cool. Do you find that people are not texting you as much as before now that you have a green bubble? That question was asked by Anton. Uh, so most people, when I was using my iPhone, I used iMessage for like 95% of my communications and then Messenger for the remaining five. And let's just say that people people just knew that in order for them to get in touch with me, they would use iMessage. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean that they were always using iMessage between themselves. Like, take Deborah for example. Deborah, we would iMessage each other all day, but then she uses, like, WhatsApp to talk to her family or whatever. And most people here in Europe just use WhatsApp for everything. <laughs> um, so what happened was when I was not using iMessage, uh, I would just WhatsApp them or whatever the verb is. Hey, what's up? And they were like, "Whoa, what are you doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> but so, but after that, like after that initial uh, reaction, they just got used for me to me being there. I guess I really do not enjoy using that app, um, so I really did miss iMessage. Uh, but then there's a couple of folks like when when I was in the US, Bryn and Sam, and you know those folks <laughs> they're not using whatsapp um so i use i was using twitter dm for to get in touch with them okay right so not, not great or you kevin <laughs> yeah i'm never using whatsapp <laughs> mm-hmm. uh let's see let's see um more about progressive web apps uh dave we'll put a link in the show notes um Listener yes. David Darns uh, has this article with um, some progressive web apps you can try. Um, what part of not being full-on Apple ecosystem do you miss the most? What ways have you found to replace those struggles? Say so all your reminders go through Google now, for example. It's all of these apps like things, uh, like having my clipboard and paste and having this, like I, I not just built-in native um, 
apps, but also all these third-party apps that are using either iCloud or they just don't have an iOS version that became very apparent and very real to mm-hmm. me that they didn't have that. And so it forced me to change my whole you know, ecosystem of apps and services. Uh, of course, not everything, but like a lot of them, enough to be very disruptive. Um, and so which one did I miss the most? Definitely iMessage things in notes in notes is not because i i really like apple's notes i don't <laughs> it's just because it was hard for me to find an alternative like and i i'm sure there's a bunch but it was not like there was no native good enough alternative for me to just default to hmm. so interesting yeah i also don't love notes uh just as an app mm-hmm. but it still is the app i keep going back to for anything notes related mm-hmm. uh because it has kind of a, the perfect mix of features that no other app has like number one is it syncs on all my devices uh mm-hmm. and then number two is it supports both writing and actually like typing things up uh which is super useful for me um because i actually handwrite a lot of notes during meetings and do some sketching and everything so having all of that be in one place is super key for me and i haven't been able to find many other apps to do that oh i guess one thing that also could go into this topic this question is uh, my apple watch oh very yeah. interesting mm. it totally stopped you know uh let's just say that one thing that it just became like just became like second nature to me getting my notifications on my wrist so much that when I was with my Pixel, the phone would vibrate when I got a notification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was weird. I was right. not, like, I totally forgot that your phone is supposed to buzz <laughs> on your pocket. <laughs> um, that was very weird. And I still had my phone around, my iPhone um so so like my apple watch would still be syncing all my health data you know steps and stuff like that to my phone so i was not losing data per se but having that like disconnect and not having notifications going to my watch um that was very weird that was very i i missed it i did really did miss it that's really interesting oh also just little anecdote do you know what was probably the thing like the little interaction that i missed the most from ios when using what this is it? Can, do you want to try to guess like a little ios thingy that android doesn't have and you use it a lot and you probably don't think too much about it i would say the you... home indicator interactions what do you mean like the gestures yeah no i don't know actually it's not the mute switch by the way <laughs> Uh, having a giant volume HUD <laughs> obscure your entire screen whenever you change volume. Ugh. Uh, uh, by the way, I love that on Android. Oh, f- uh, Face ID. I really did miss Face ID. I totally forgot about that. Uh, but no, not that one. So, okay. Uh, the one thing that I really did miss, and still today, I go try to look for it, but it's not there. It's that small interaction where you tap the status bar to scroll all the way to the top. Oh, hmm. Not having that, I feel crippled. <laughs> it's amazing. Like if you're, especially like Twitter. Twitter, I guess you can tap on the tab bar. But like, I don't know, I'm scrolling a web page and I need to go all the way to the top. 
it happens a lot. Yeah. It happens way more than I can think of. Uh, having to scroll, I don't know if there's an alternative. Maybe there's an alternative somewhere. I just didn't look for it. But I really miss that. That and the, the swipe from the left to go back, which I think it's okay because you do have a back button. But I also found myself swiping a lot to go back, and that doesn't Yeah, work. I feel like I'd do the same. And it's mm-hmm. not that the back button is wrong, but that there's something that feels so natural. Like, it's a... I mean, it's more of a gestural kind of interface. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I gravitate a lot more towards these types of interfaces. Like, the more you use an, a phone, like, the same way with, like, why is it? does it make more sense to tap the status bar than it does to tap the you know, the the tab bar in order to scroll to the top. It's like, I don't even have to think about it. It's like, that's the intuitive thing. It's like, I want to go there, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, that's, at least to me, that's a, a bit of an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, right, I uh, think we've addressed all the questions. Um, I'd say like... Uh, Greta, uh, Greta tweeted and she... <laughs> It's not necessarily a question, but she said that uh, it might just be the last push for me to ditch iOS, and please tell me that's the case. Um, hi, Greta. Uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, well, you tell me. <laughs> was this enough? To, was this the last push uh, for you to ditch iOS? I. So I guess I can just say it. Um, I didn't ditch iOS, and so I did use Android for two and a half, three weeks exclusively. And after that, I went back to my iPhone, um, although I still use my Pixel a lot. I can still hear at home. I use it all the time. Uh, like I said, if I'm going out, like if I'm going if I'm going to explore the city or if I'm going somewhere and I want to take pictures, this is my camera. I always take this phone with me, mm-hmm. um, like when I go out, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so now I guess I am one of those persons that have, carry two phones. Um no regrets, but uh, <laughs> yes, so I did, for me, for what I personally value, um, the iPhone is still just an overall better experience for me, um, and especially because, you know, I am very much locked into that ecosystem, uh, you know, the Apple Watch and the Mac and all that stuff, so it was very hard for me to ditch it, um, so I am back, but I... Got a lot of respect for for Android for the Pixel, and I really do like it for a lot of applications, mm-hmm. not apps, but you know, oh. <laughs> for a lot of things, not things the app. That's also not that. You know, what I, I mean. get what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm also. I mean, end up kind of in a similar situation where it's like, I remain interested. Like, it's not a th- the thing that makes me say, okay, no, this is not for me. I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. like, there are interesting things here. I don't think it's crossed the threshold where it would be worth the switching cost for me. But, you know, I'm going to keep an eye out on, like, whenever they release new devices or make changes mm-hmm. that might, you know, s- switch this over. So we'll see. Okay, should we then jump to recommendations? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, do you want to start? Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, so like we mentioned uh, back in the show and uh, to uh, David Darn's uh, suggestion, um, now with the latest Chrome update, you can, on your Mac and PC, I assume, uh, you can install progressive web apps on your Mac. As it's not a native app, but it can act 
as like a separate app. Um, so David Donald tweeted at us like a like we said like a, a blog post on Simple Web. Uh, I think he wrote it. Let me check. Yes, he wrote it. So it's an article in where he just shares a couple of examples because this is still very much like a new thing. So a couple of good examples of progressive web apps that you can install today on your phone or on your Mac and computer with the new Chrome update. So what I've been doing, and I guess this is this is my recommendation, is I if you go to mobile.twitter.com, so the mobile version of Twitter on your on, on Chrome. Uh, and then if you click on the little like three circles, like the more options thing, and you and you click install Twitter, um, you can install like a version of Twitter, you know, on your like it's not a native app, but you know, like as a as an app, which means it's going to have its own icon in the dock. You can uh, command tab to it, and I just resize it like really small, like a mobile sized thing, and um, that is. The closest you can get to an official uh, Mac Twitter client, <laughs> and it has some flaws, but it's that's what I've been using to to read Twitter on my Mac. So that's that's my recommendation. Cool. Um, so my recommendation this week is uh, this new series on Netflix called Love, Death, and Robots. I don't know if you've hmm. heard of this. You're not the first person to tell me about this. Yeah. Should I watch uh, it? Yeah. I've only watched one episode so far, so um I can't vouch for the entire season. Um but it is a new series on Netflix that's produced by a few people including David Fincher, uh which I'm a very big fan of. Um and uh, the episode that I watched was episode number 2, which is very short, it's like 11 minutes. It's an anthology series about robots and sort of like life relationships <laughs> and stuff um it's pretty interesting pretty funny it's an animated series as well um so <laughs> there's 18 episodes um so check them out we might i think uh if we find like some interesting episodes we might talk about some of them cuz i think they like kind of have a point of view <laughs> on life with my which might be interesting to discuss um but yeah otherwise it's just uh pretty pretty good pretty funny so recommend it nice gotta watch it okay uh quick shout outs before we go this week we want to give shout outs to uh everyone who has questions uh so everyone i think we already uh, covered those and then uh, also to victor kearns andrew libler uh, trevor k and again david darns uh, thanks for all the shout-outs on the Twitters and on the internets. And um, that's it. That's it for the show. We will see you all next week. You can uh, get in touch with us on Twitter. We are at LayoutFM. I am at Rafahari, and Kevin is at VernalKick. You can find the show notes for this show, for this episode, everything that we mentioned. You can find links to that on our website, which is layout.fm. And uh, this show is part of the SpecFM network. So if you're looking for more shows to listen to, uh, visit their website, their uh, spec.fm. And lastly, our huge thanks to Abstract for sponsoring uh, this week's episode of Layout. Um, to know more about Abstract and check out their just new update that just released a couple hours ago, uh, go to abstract.com. You don't have to type in the Go Abstract anymore. Uh, abstract.com. 
And uh, don't forget that if you tweet at GoAbstract in Layout.fm, um, you win a chance to 500 credit to their business plan. So again, thanks, Abstract. And thank you for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.